What is going on, everybody? Welcome again to one of your favorites, one of your top podcasts, one of your top subscribed podcasts, meaning you probably subscribe to quite a few shows, but uh, this is one of your favorites, guaranteed. All right, it's free water. I'm Patty Broken Skull. Thank you again. What a wonderful intro that was. I mean, some of the classics, you just got to go right back to. You can't let them go. You got to hang out with them, you know, bring them back because there's a vibe. There's a real specific vibe to that particular track. You know, the lyrics themselves. Bring the fucking doom. Bring the fucking doom. I love it. Please do. Please bring the doom. I love it. I look forward to it. I don't know what it means. What's the doom? The game? Bring the fucking doom over so we can play competitively against each other like great friends? Yeah. That's doom to me. That's doom to me, guys. It's actually a great time. Turns out. But either way, welcome to the show. This is what it is. We don't go live. We don't do any of that corny, weird shit, grifting, you know, desperate desperate attempts to uh, gain fans because we're willing to go live even though we don't actually have a show. We don't do that. We don't have a show. That's a given. But I'm not grifting you. I'm not trying to give you something for nothing. Believe me, I do too much fucking content as it is, and I get nada for it, right? I mean, there's too many music fans out there to not have at least one of you guys supporting my shit simply because of the music. You might not you might not like my thoughts, you might not think I'm funny, but god damn it at least my vocals are on point. Or some of you might be here because of uh 60 second reviews, right? Maybe that's why. Maybe you just fell in love with that corny character doing reviews of shit that already exists and people have seen for years and years and years. Get it? It doesn't matter doesn't matter if you did because when I think about it it's sort of what nine minute podcast was in the beginning just a guy acting a fool and then riffing about a topic for nine minutes I've challenged myself guys that's what I'm saying I've challenged myself in this genre of media known as podcasting okay whereas everybody else likes to take an easy route they like to do something simple. They like to say, hey, this podcast is only about true crime. God damn it, true crime is never-ending. This will be never-ending. Got it. Where's the money? Or, hey, we came up with a game show. Or, hey, we wrote this weird screenplay that somehow only works for audio. You know? I've tried a lot of those things. I've written some scripts and shit for an audio type of a, you know, a podcast movie, I guess, right? fucking stupid as all hell i've done game shows i reviewed movies i guess you could call do you party a game show i do miss that that is one of my favorites that is a show that i wish i could do i just want to give somebody the idea and let me host somebody else can edit and book all the guests and shit i just want to be the guy who asks the questions that's it chuck woolery right steve hart Harley, what's his name? I simply bring up the fact that I've tried those things because as far as all of them are concerned, you can see results in all the areas, right? You're like, oh, fuck. Well, I guess they don't really want to hear me talk about documentaries. 
or I guess they don't. I don't know. I guess they don't want to know about. I feel bad for you guys. For the simple fact that Do You Party got the shit end of the stick. You know? And that was to no fault of mine. I didn't simply quit the show. I obviously mentioned I lost the questions a while back. But I could come up with them again. All they'd have to do is listen to the podcast. But what it really boils down to is so many people back then were telling me how much they preferred the briefcase to Do You Party. And that's just insane because most of you know how good of an idea that was. And just fucked me out of actually making something halfway decent that could also make me connections with people that I actually enjoy. Because believe me, there's been plenty of people that have asked me to do different projects or be a guest on a project. And I'm like, nah. But if I'm in charge, I'm the head honcho, I get to decide who comes on the show. What? Uh, yeah. I wrote all the questions. I do all the editing. That's the crazy thing, too, is there's probably quite a few of you motherfuckers out here that are trashing my show, but you pay a guy to edit your show because you don't know how to use, you know, a compact computer. <laughs> That's what I think. I mean, if that wasn't the case, we'd have a lot more people using actual microphones and not, you know, Xbox One headsets. But I did release a part one and a part two of this month's Patreon, uh, Free Water After Dark. Couldn't tell you what I talked about. I was definitely in a haze for both of them. Just a haze of making content and just, there it is, here you go. Thanks for your three dollars, guys. But get over there, check it out. There's two parts, it's called Follow the Rules. You'll enjoy it. I share a fun story. Featuring Dollar General once again. I might have mentioned it to you guys already. If you're not on the Patreon, then you're fucking wasting my time. Why are we talking? But, oh, of course, the YouTube channel. Don't forget. Get over there. Check that shit out. We're, we're having a blast, man. If you're not on the Patreon, I did uh, talk about the comments that I've gotten on the recent Tim Dillon video that I did. And boy, oh boy. We got to run into our first... 10-year comic who tried shitting on me. And it didn't go well. I mean, he never even came back to check his comment. You've been doing 10 years? You've been doing 10 years of stand-up comedy, but you're a robot? That's weird. It's weird, but it's not unexpected. So you're like, alright, 10 years of comedy, let's, let's see what you've done. Okay, not much. Perfect. Just what I would assume. And that's exactly what everybody else thought once I screenshotted the comment and put it out there. I'm like, I don't know who thinks they could tell me what the fuck to do. I'm a grown-ass man, alright? I, no, I don't care if you're on the fucking computer. 24 hours a day, dude, you don't run shit. You don't run shit. Like the people, that, even the dudes that are trying to do it in a nice way, like, hey, you should do stand-up. Or, hey, you should make... You should make merch out of this thing you said. Like, hey man, you fucking do it. You do it. You do comedy. Go fucking sit on the stage. I'll send you jokes, bitch. I'm not fucking doing it, dude. You know how much fucking extra work that is with what I already do? Nah. 
we're good. We're good. It's a headache just thinking about it. Thinking about, oh, I got to put together this cool design for a t-shirt so my fans will have something to wear. I need my fans to wear this shirt that has a saying on it that only two other people will get. Fucking insane. I never had this feeling of podcasting disappearing, but boy, oh boy, do I wish it would. I wish it would go the fuck away. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, especially if you want to make money from it without having any sponsors. I've only had, I've had sponsors throughout the the years, Dollar Smoke Club or whatever the fuck, different shit like that, but nothing that was anybody giving me anything legit. Like, they sent me stickers and stuff, woohoo, yay, ooh, I get to promote your stuff even more, thank you, woohoo, give me $20, you know what I mean? I'll plug whatever you want. PayPal.me slash chewed. Send me $20 and I'm promote whatever product you got. I don't care what it is, dude. Just use the, you know, the proper language, of course. Let's not get crazy. The products can be whatever, dude. You know? Dog Diamonds. That was one of my favorite products. Sold that for a lot of years. Dog Diamonds. Your dog eats diamonds and then shits diamonds so you don't have to clean up poop. You're cleaning up beautiful diamonds. Let's go. Fantastic product. But either way, I hope you guys check out that Patreon because even though I don't remember a lot of it, I do remember having fun doing it. Because I'm not like these other fools that go and do four podcasts in a day and feels worn out. I just keep going. It's just a constant flow. And it's a problem. I realize that. But when else do you get to do it? You know? Especially right now in this like form where it's like, oh, nobody can control what I'm saying. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can interrupt me. Oh, dude. You just get it all off your chest. But this is free water and we will be right back. There's a thing with some sounds. Um, honestly, I feel like this next thing I want to talk about is uh, it involves some something I said a little bit earlier, a few minutes ago, about getting a comment on the YouTube channel saying I should do stand-up. Okay? I love that. That's fantastic. And I'll tell you why. 
It's not because I know I should be doing stand-up. It's because that means this fucking guy doesn't know who I am. He doesn't come from fucking... He's not a Roy boy, right? He's not over there in these little fucking circles on Reddit. He just saw my shit, liked it, realized the quality of it, and said, damn, this guy's so good, he should try stand-up. And guess what? I already have, though, you know? I've done it twice, and that's probably... It's like a roller coaster, right? Like, I rode, I rode a roller coaster maybe three times. I know for sure two times, but maybe three. And I'm good. I'll never, ever do it again in my life. That's sort of how I feel about stand-up. And believe me, that type of attention, that attention in itself, is, is great. You know, the times that I have been on stage. Fantastic. I liked, even if I wasn't doing well for a moment, or as some people would say, the entire time, even in those moments, I still enjoyed that attention. I, I did a talent show, which the talent show outside of like kindergarten or like elementary school plays, the talent show in seventh grade was the first time I performed something I chose to perform on a stage. And after that, it was over because I loved it. I liked that feeling. If anybody's ever been on stage, you know what I'm talking about. Just this feeling, like, oh God. All right, gotta dance. Clowns gotta dance. And in the two in the two times that I did stand up, I was the only comedian. But when I see comments from people who say you should do stand up, it's pretty clear sometimes that they're being, uh, you know, patronizing. And then this guy was actually genuine because he said it was a long comment, and he separated the last part of the comment. The first thing he said though is he's like, "This is very well written roast jokes." Um, something, something, this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then he had a bunch of space. And then he said, I don't know if you have any, any desire, but you should do stand up. He was talking about maybe putting some redeeming qualities into my videos for these characters that I talk about to make it seem more like satire. And in the end, it's like, what the fuck is satire, dude? What do you mean, man? What am I, Charlie Chaplin? What is that? It sounds old as fuck, dude. Sounds old. Is it some? Is it something like slapstick? Is that a thing still? Vaudeville? What? What is it? Satire. All my shit is fucking fact and how I feel, dude. Satire, my ass. Tim Dillon is a fucking loose. He is loose though in a grocery bag. But honestly, the, what I liked most about this comment, aside from how nice it was and the fact that it helps me let you guys know that, yeah, I did stand up two times. I'm not sitting here bragging about it, but I am saying at least I put myself in the position to do it, did it, and I'm all good. I'm all good. And the best part about it for me is doing a podcast isn't what made me do stand up. It wasn't a comment that made me do stand up. It wasn't a DM, right? It was just this general idea in my head that I I can do it. And if I put my mind to it, anything is possible. No, honestly, it was uh, my entire life. Everybody, my family, co-workers, fucking friends. Hey, you should do stand-up. You should do stand-up. Because in their head, it's like, oh, this guy is just funny. 
But in my head, it's like that requires so much more than just being on stage in front of strangers, right? But yet every professional comedian will say, just get on stage. And it's like, what, th- what does that mean? It's just going to come to me? It's just going to pop in my head? I'm going to all of a sudden know how to be funny in front, of, in front of all these people I've never seen before? Sure. That's logical. But I do think that there's at least three podcasters that I'm aware of that were probably told that they should do stand-up at some point or another within their podcasting career. And they took it to heart. And they grew a big head. But most likely, they never went on stage. Most likely never. Too scared. Just like me with roller coasters. Too scared. But I overcame the fear. Overcame the fear. Rode that bitch. And now we're here and we could say we did it, you know? Just like heroin. Right? Like you never you never think it's gonna be something you try, and then you try it and you're like, fucking, it was fine. I didn't ruin my entire life. You know what I mean? My teeth are great. But this is free water. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, so there's a major chance that most of you guys who listen to the show, and particularly this episode, there's a good chance you're going to have no idea about anything that I'm talking about. You don't check out the YouTube channel, you're not on Patreon, this could be your first episode, or you're just listening because you're laughing at me, not with me, right? Because I'm a big dum-dum. Big dum-dum. Hey, is this a fork? Does this go in the light sock? Like, you fucking eat me. You know what I mean? Just eat me, dude. With that fork, right? That I stuck in the light socket. Eat me with that, though. But anyways, I was going to talk about Trailer Park Boys because I started rewatching it, dude. I started getting back into Trailer Park Boys. And if you want a classic, hilarious Canadian television show, check out Trailer Park Boys. It's almost a can't miss, dude. If you haven't seen it, the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Watching Succession? Watching another fucking reboot? Watching uh, the recent iteration of uh, Yellowstone or fucking Game of Thrones? Watch some comedy, dummy. Maybe you'll understand me a bit better. I am Bubbles. What are you calling my kitties? I don't know. I used to be able to do a thing, guys. Comedy. I do comedy on the podcast and you get you get impressions. Thank you. Uh, But truly, I was going to talk about Trailer Park Boys because I have nothing for the free episode. And this next thing I'm going to throw in here, there's a good chance most of you are going to be like, I don't know who he's talking about at all. But a simple YouTube search and it'll clear everything up for you. um, And you'll be on the same exact page that I am. Okay? I'm reading ahead a little bit. But it won't take, it'll take nothing for you to catch up. So let's go. Recently, I don't know if you know this character. His name's Joey Diaz. 
Joey Coco Diaz, Uncle Joey Coco Diaz, or Steve. <laughs> uh, he is a podcaster, comedian, actor. He was the guy from Adam Sandler's Longest Yard movie that when they're running laps falls down and he says can of corn, I think. It's either can of corn or a can of Coke. I would hope it's can of corn because that's much funnier than a can of Coke. Like, give me a can of corn, dude, and I'll be good. Like like Popeye, but it's corn and it's a giant fat guy. Can of corn. Can of corn, I'll be good, brother. What? what? I mean, I got so many cans of corn, dude. I don't think you'll be sleeping for... What if, like, the can of corn to the giant fat man was, like, meth? <laughs> He's like, I'm loaded up on cans of corn. I stay with the can of corn. I'm not going to sleep for six weeks. Uh, but anyways, Joey Diaz recently respond, not responded to, I don't know if he responded directly to Mike David from Red Bar. Check him out. Look into him. Very funny character. Very funny group of characters surrounding this thing. I don't know. A lot of people want to be like that. You know? I do a lot of my stuff based around Red Bar, okay? On my YouTube channel, not my fucking podcast, but on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with the classics, the Brendan Schaubs, the Chad Zumox, right? But there's a lot of them that you're like, ooh, I didn't even know he was out there. I didn't know that he did those things, but this guy's gone deep, right? He's he's talked to, you know, women that have had one-night stands with certain comedians He's talked shit about certain comedians' children. Uh, he's made ridiculous claims. But in my head, it's all in the sake of comedy. And that's very funny. Because he's recently gotten to Joey's head. Because a while back, he has he was saying Joey Diaz was addicted to uh, Xanax. And Joey did respond when that first happened saying no I just got I, I wasn't addicted I was just getting pills for free I didn't even take the fucking things but as of the recent Joe Rogan episode he has came back out saying hey, I was addicted for two years <laughs> I had 10,000 of these pills in my closet and Red Bar had to play those things and at some point Joey in his new studio in New Jersey decided to make claims about taking Mike's life or what Mike should do you know he should kill himself he should rid himself of the world because he's such a bad guy and to me it just feels like I don't know a really bad storyline to a fucking shitty 80's movie you know fucking rough and tumble guy from from the outside comes into this city makes fun of their their own and then he takes out everybody it's crazy it's crazy because there's also been videos like Mike Redbar this dude took off a lot of time put out some really cryptic videos he got sick I don't really know what happened but at this point Sam Tripoli was during the it was during the pandemic Tripoli had came to his house actually found where Red Bar was, hired a private investigator. And what I like so much about this is the fact that it's funny. Because this guy is just a guy. 
and yet comedians are looking for him. They're paying money to have him found. Just crazy beyond crazy. And proof that you're insecure. Because this nobody guy, this failed comic, this failed podcaster got so deep in your head that you've threatened to hire some sort of hitman <laughs> or simply drive over him with your own car. Incredible. That's incredible. And that's th- that's the type of stuff I take from Red Bar and sort of put into my own channel. Like how funny it would be if Sam Morell saw my shit and got upset. If he threatened my life, dude. That would be fantastic because really that's what you're shooting for. I don't give a fuck about this random YouTube YouTube comment from a guy with a, his profile picture is a cat. You know what I mean? I want Joe Rogan to respond. I want Brendan Schaub to respond. Okay? I want to know that I got in their head. I want Pete Davidson to respond, right? And Mike David has got that. He's got these motherfuckers trying to come to his house. He's got them fucking saying X, Y, and Z about seeing them at a bar or a, you know, just out in the streets. Even talking about beating his wife, Jules, like fucking crazy shit, dude. And it just also makes me think that Rogan has truly gassed up all of these these 50-year-old L.A. comedians. Like, what's with Sam Tripoli fucking thinking he's a badass now? When did he all of a sudden become a tough guy? You're a conspiracy-obsessed nerd that spends most of his days in an aluminum foil hat. Relax. And let's not get confused because one of your comic friends has a history of Taekwondo. All right? All these guys that know Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub are all of a sudden fucking wearing, you know, Kevlar vests and shit. They're untouchable. You're not allowed to make fun of the ones who get to make fun of everything. It's the it's the most hypocritical bullshit. Oh, you're a comedian, but you can't take a fucking joke. You can't take a joke. And yeah, some of the jokes go too far. Some people can't take them. Obviously, there's a there's a line everybody has, and if you want to go spastic, go spastic. But it just doesn't look good in the end. Everybody's doing it for the same fucking reason. All these motherfuckers are clout chasing. Let's not pretend. You know, and then he brought up Chris D'Elia. It's like, is Chris D'Elia tough now? He painted his nails black. He's a tough guy now. Theo Vaughn, the nicest guy in comedy. He's tough now. His dad was 70 when he was born. Did he teach him how to fight? Because if he did, I bet it was that fucking weird, like, put your dukes up, fighting Irish type of fucking stance. Get out of here. I mean, Rogan is obviously gassing these guys up and giving them enough confidence to go after Red Bar. Where you're like, yeah, a lot of underground fans of comedy know this guy. But for him to stir up Joey Diaz, for him to get responses from Chris D'Elia's and shit like that, for him to be friends with Red Band, it's bizarre. And it's the game that he wants you to play. You're falling right into the trap. It's a constant cycle that I've seen a dozen times. Right? Andrew Santino was one of them. Where he talked about, he, he. I don't know, I think he... Red Bar talked to uh, somebody that Santino had a fling with. You know, it's not hard to get under these motherfuckers' skin, man. It's not hard. When you say something, just a random thing that you, in your own head, believe to be fact, and then they get upset about it, chances are you might have hit the nail on the head. Right? Right? Because otherwise, why he gets so upset? 
Why you guys so upset though? You know? And then it's like these guys are gonna go block a guy who's making a joke about them. Like what? I mean, what's next? Sal Volcano is gonna be caught in a bar fight dressed as Batman? I mean, these clowns need to get back to what they're good at. Acting tough or athletic isn't funny. It's corny. Do your job, clown, and make us laugh. It's insane. It's insane that we're at this point where not only is it bad that comedians are getting attacked on stage and off stage, but the fact that they're sort of inviting it. They're asking for it. You know? It's okay for you to make jokes about every single thing you see, every type of person that you've met, but when they do it back to you, they target something on you that's super hyper-specific. Oh, all of a sudden now you're... You gotta get violent. You gotta get crazy. And who knows that better than me? Who knows that better than me? Okay? If you're willing to take swings, be prepared to take swings. That makes sense? And yet, guys well into their 50s, such as Joey Diaz, are all of a sudden claiming, you know what, if you just shook my hand and apologized, everything... Wait, I'd rather just hit you with my car? Something's not right. You might need to go back on that Xanax, friend. You might need some help, friend. I mean, this fucking guy. Insane. Google it. Look it up on YouTube. You'll see what I'm talking about. But that is the episode, guys. Patreon.com slash podculture. That's P-O-D-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. It's the only thing I put in the episode descriptions because I hate writing those fucking things. But I'm out of here.